This week's version, Borderline Raptors, coming up next. Kitch, a tired Kitch, joins a somewhat disgruntled Aaron Rose on the pod. Uh, lots of talk, recap in the last couple games. Lots of um, Scotty Barnes, is he the future? Obviously, he's the future. How big a future is he going to have talk? Uh, and then we dive into a little bit of a, you know, where is Fred Van Vliet now versus uh, our guy Schroeder. A uh, little top uh, top 10 NBA center talk. And then obviously the very popular, uh, and we do it now for Aaron's dad, uh, the What Drives You Crazy segment. And, and then a little AOB. And then we are out of here. So uh, Kitch, Aaron joining right now. Jesus, Kitch, you you made it. Ooh, it was a grind. It was a grind. Yeah, yeah. Um, the four thirty a.m. wake up might have been the fact. The, the, the effect that's why you couldn't work your computer to get us. We were twenty minutes late. I want everyone to know this that you should. We should have been done. We should be done twenty minutes from now, but it's going to be longer than that. So thank you for that, Kitch. Yeah, you're welcome, uh, Aaron. Hello, welcome, welcome back. Fun week. It's uh, it seems like a little bit of shit's going on with everybody in this group uh, this week. So um, with including our Raptors, including our beloved Raptors, lots of shit going on with the Raptors. Uh, so listen, we're going to dive right in. We're going to talk about the last couple of games because I think it's actually uh, well, about six quarters seemed very similar, and then till the la- and then the last two quarters uh, they seem to be a, a completely different basketball team. But here's the question: a little open ended. Aaron, we'll start with you. What do you make of this team seven games in? Scotty Barnes is the future. And that this season might be rough for a variety of reasons. And changes, I'm sure, will be coming at some point in the next few months. And if they don't happen in the next few months, at some point after that. But no matter what happens this season, the jump that this team is seeing from Scotty Barnes so far looks legit. And that's all that matters. Wow, that's very positive. Wow, that's very positive. Jeez, yeah. you know what? That's a long, that's a far cry from prediction pod. I can tell you that. Jeez, far. <laughs> uh, Kitch, care to expand? Like, what do you make of this team? All right, I'm, I should give you a little more context. I'll give you a little bit more context. What do you make of this team for this season? Seven games in. Um, I think I need some heart medication. Uh, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. This team, you go from there's very high highs and there's very very low lows. Um, so I think it's going to be a very tough season to bet, and also a tough season from a fan perspective because I just find uh, who knows what's who knows what's showing up on a night by night basis. Like the, you don't you don't you, and you you really I really lack confidence when I when I go into every game. I find I lack confidence with this squad. Well, not that I want to turn this into a betting segment. Uh, however, I know you're in Vegas, so I mean, you obviously had to you had to take uh, take part. But I, I don't think you can bet this team. I, I really don't. I mean, and I don't think Vegas has them figured. It's kind of like last year a little bit. They're getting still way too much respect. Uh, and unless you want to continue your, your – you say you don't do it, but I know you're lying. You do bet against the Raptors all the time. I know you do. I can tell. No, I, I can tell you that going back to Aaron's point, Scotty Barnes points, rebounds, assists. He's – Seven and zero, oh. they still, they still, they still have not figured out that he is 
the leader of this team. So they, they so so you can't him. you can't say you can't bet on this team. It sounds like you can. Just take oh, the Scotty can. overs, and you're going to have a fun season for the next little while until Vegas figures that it was, out. So that was our biggest maybe, bet. Every every game for the Raptors in, in Vegas was that was our biggest bet. So listen, I have no problems individually. Do whatever you want. Bet bet the other team players individually. I don't care. But uh, Aaron, what I'm talking about is that I have a I have a hard and fast rule that I will not ever bet uh, where the outcome would would. Uh, would require the Raptors to lose, right? Even like, I won't take the, like, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I'll take them plus points. I won't take them, but I'll never take the other side, right? So they could lose, I could still win the bet. But I would never take, like Kitch did the other night, I believe, when he saw a line and he, and he jumped on the other team, which I just can't. I first can't half. You said, you you say we can do the first half. You That's part of your rule. First half, you say we, we don't have to take, but it has the game has to be there. So I bet the first half, which was a yeah, loser. Well, I'm glad you lost that one. I'm glad you yeah. lost. You shouldn't even be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, all right, but to your uh, all right, Aaron. But let's let's break it down more than just Scotty on on this first seven games here. Like, what what is your overall? Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. We are a Raptors podcast. Yeah, apparently we do. Yeah, I want to. Can we can we splice in the uh, the Aaron critique of uh, Scotty from two weeks ago? Yeah, it's it's a total. Yeah, you've you've done a one eighty. It's now love fest. You've gone from you've gone from stop DMing me to yes, let's go on a date. Let's date. We'll do it. Uh, but all around this team, like I want more than just guy. Like, what do you make of this? Like three and three and four. If you had to, if nothing else changed, would you change your opinion of where this team was going to end up at the end of the season from what you were a couple weeks no, ago? No. Not really, because I think they're going to be consistently inconsistent. And uh, as Kitch mentioned, that it's tough to bet on this team because they are so inconsistent. And on any given night, you have no idea who's going to show up. And are they going to be the team that scored 35 points in the first half against the Spurs? Or are they going to be the team with 17 points from Scotty Barnes in the fourth quarter that comes back and wins? Are they going to be the team that lost to the Portland Trailblazers or the team that looked great? against the Milwaukee Bucks. So they're going to be consistently inconsistent until they potentially trade Pascal Siakam at some point down the road. I think Pascal has better days ahead of him, and I think that that will maybe allow the Raptors to be more consistent at times. But you're going to see this team, when they can't shoot, they're going to look like that team that scored 35 points in the first half and, and just can't do anything. And when they're making some shots and Scotty Barnes taken over, I think they'll look like a team that can maybe hang with people. I still think they're going to be a team that I think I said over 36 and a half wins. I still think they're going to sort of be in that area. This isn't a team that I think is going to make it out of the first round, but I don't see this team being like, you know, 24 games uh, this season where that's all they win. So similar to where I was at the beginning of the year. All right. Well, listen, before we dive into Pascal, because that's a, that's a, that's probably a long conversation to, into itself. What concerns me, Kitch, on this one is it would appear that the games that we are winning, we are having fairly outstanding shooting performances from at least one, if not two, if not in the, if you, uh, to the Milwaukee game, if not three individuals like last game, Barnes and OG lights out from three. I mean, that if that's our recipe for winning games, well, then I, I actually think under 36 and a half could very easily be in play because I don't know that you can count. On, I, I don't think we have the players to have those types of even one-off games very often. So to me, it's like, Man, this shooting issue is just glaring. And 36 and a half is a terrible record in the NBA. Then you finish 10th, 12th. I mean, you don't get a, you don't get a great draft pick. You're not good enough to compete in the first round of the playoffs. Like that this isn't that is not where we want to end up. 
we want to end up bottom six, bottom four, or we want to end up top six. And that that's a well, that's sort of that's that's what you're shooting for. And and I and and if we are building a team to finish, maybe finish tenth or ninth, and then lose in the first round of the playoffs, not uh, not a success story for my my eyes. Well, listen, that was um, I like the we either want to finish the bottom six or top six. That was deep deep insights, um, but. I say the only scenario that's that's viable at that moment would be the bottom six, and then you still need a whole bunch of luck to get into the bottom six. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's I, I want to feel better about three and four. I want to feel better about that comeback. Of course, it was against San Antonio, so I'm not sure how. Like, if you watch that game, I mean, you could tell San Antonio was a very young team that did a lot to help us in that second half. I mean, we caught fire too. Don't get me wrong, but they were they were they were not good, and I'm not really sure they figured out uh, how to use Web. Uh, consistently, or maybe he's on a men's restriction. I don't know. Uh, but Aaron, the shooting, we're going to harp on this every week. Like, is, do you not feel like it, we're, we're going to struggle continually if we're relying on the Barneses and the OGs of the world to, to shoot the way they've been shooting? Because right now, Scotty, Scotty's shooting it, I, I think, at a, at a pace he probably is not going to keep up. Yeah, and I was looking at last year's numbers. I think through the first six games of last year, Scotty was making like two threes a game and shooting like, you know, 52%. So uh, you don't have to look far back to see that this is what happened last year and then things changed and he uh, regressed as a shooter. Now, I think he looks better. Uh, but again, we're talking about a small sample size here and anything can happen. But to a certain extent, I feel like that's what the NBA is these days, that it's become so three-point reliant that it like you can almost boil it down to a make or miss league it's it's not hardcore analysis but it's like on those nights where you shoot 40 percent or 40 plus percent from three-point range you're gonna win those games and the nights where you shoot in the low 30s or the high 20s you're gonna lose those games so uh for a raptors team that is for the most part a bad shooting team uh that's why they're going to be so inconsistent and why they probably will lose more games than they win this year it's because they don't have great shooters and you're relying on a lot of nights just a simple math problem who's going to nail more threes and, and on, for better or for worse that that feels like the way the nba is moving these days yeah to, i mean totally agree it's the first thing i look at now it's the first thing in any in any box where i look at i always look to see what the team what did that team shoot from three uh and generally speaking yeah if you're in the 40s you're probably winning that game it doesn't matter what team it, doesn't, it really does not matter what team uh and i think we're going to struggle to be anywhere near the high 30s and 40s on a consistent basis. So I would agree with that. Now, before we move on to the Pascal segment, let's just finish up with our guy, Scotty. Let's just give uh, Kitch, I want you to seven games in, uh, obviously his rating is going to be an A-plus for anybody. But did you see this uh, Did you see this com coming? And to Aaron's question uh, before the pod, do you believe his output is sustainable? Now, I don't mean sustainable at, I think right now he's 20, 10 and six or yeah, right around both all that. I don't mean sustainable necessarily to those exact numbers, but do you, the way he's playing, the way he's running the show, the way he's the sort of, I mean, clearly I would say it's his team at the moment. Uh, is all of that sustainable? We did say like the first, first pod and we sort of said that we most improved. We're expecting big things from Scotty and uh, he's delivered. So I would say is it sustainable as the team leader? Yes. Um, they're going to, the, the defenses are going to start to adjust it. Like they're probably, they're probably adjusting saying, Hey, Pascal was the all-star last year. We're going to make sure we shut him down. And now that, now the team's looking at film, we're going to say, geez, Scotty's the guy we got to shut down now. And uh, so it, it will get a little tougher for him, but I think he's got, a, he's got enough versatility in his game that, that he can make the others look better when he starts to get smothered by a double team or whatever might, might be thrown his way. So I'm, I still think, um, I still think we're going to see good things out of Scotty. Maybe not the numbers he's put up, 
uh, as as defenses adjust, but I think he's going to make the others around him better because I think he's got that, that that potential. Or I don't see guys like Pascal making the others around him better. Like I, I feel Scotty's got that, that that upside. Aaron, you get a chance to answer your own question: Is it sustainable? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things there. Number one is is it sustainable from a you know a box score point of view? And I think what Kitch said is is right that like defenses are going to adjust. Just wait till the next time they see Nick Nurse's 76ers, and you're going to see a team that was loading up against Pascal Siakam last time out. And I think they're going to say, okay, maybe we should focus on Scotty Barnes, and maybe you got to respect his three point shot. Uh, maybe you got to go over a few screens, or maybe you know you have to pay attention to this guy more than they have in the past. So I think that will make things tougher for him. But in terms of his usage rate and his role in the system, I think the more he succeeds, the more the Raptors are going to put him in positions to succeed. And he took that, you know, crazy pull-up three-pointer against San Antonio the other night. And I think that increasingly it's going to be, okay, Scotty has the ball in the fourth quarter. He's the guy that we want to see in these situations. And we're a long way away from the trade deadline. And I suspect we'll talk about this, you know, every podcast for the next little bit. But once the Raptors sort of make a move uh, that I think we all expect is going to come eventually, it's going to become even more of Scotty Francis team. Uh, so I expect uh, to a certain extent, the role and the usage rate to be sustainable. Are the points per game and all those things sustainable? Probably not quite to the same extent, but but we need to not nitpick on, is he averaging 22 points or 20 points or 19 points or whatever? All of those numbers at this point are, are, are huge for, for him and the Raptors. Well, listen, uh, I was off a little bit on his points. He's actually 22-6 a game. He's uh, a fraction under six assists per game, and he's at 9.9 rebounds a game. Shooting 42% from three points from three point land. Yeah. And, and 51. And I'll, and I'll jump in. And his defense, he's he's got, what, two blocks per game and a steal. And I was looking at this. Everyone's talking about those other numbers that you're mentioning. Uh, he is one of four players to be averaging two blocks and one steal per game alongside Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holmgren, and, and Anthony Davis. So, you know, across the board, he's doing things that you're just not seeing from a lot of players around the league right now. No, it's, it's, it's actually... Uh, somewhat incredible the jump that he has made now i mean obviously there's some factors that go into it new role no fred uh clearly siakam uh isn't sure where he is at the moment um and he's he's got the ball and like we always said that the, the offense is flowing through him he's a good decision maker he's a pat and i would even say he's a pass first uh type of player which you know is is exactly what you want so i actually think for the most part i i would be surprised if if um i think the rebounds will probably come down a bit my guess is assists are going to be right between that five and six range and my points i mean yeah he's going to be somewhere between 20 and 23 probably so i don't think it drops off too too much but i agree with you like yeah he's he's two to one on assists ratio right now which is kind of the sweet spot where you want any sort of point guardy type player um yeah so i mean it's all it's all rainbows and unicorns uh, with Scott Barnes at the moment, which is, which I guess, uh, if we are going to shit on Masai, uh, like we have a few times, and when I say we, mostly me, um, then we do need to maybe acknowledge the fact that he obviously was he was a believer, and I guess he's going to tell you this is the type of player he always thought he was getting, and therefore was the reason why you couldn't trade him for, you know, a Kevin Durant or a uh, a Dame or whoever, right? Whoever it may have been. So, um. Well done. He seems better than Jalen Suggs right now. I think we can say that. Yes. Well, I think it's, yes. Early. it's early for Suggs. <laughs> I say that only because, Aaron, you, weren't, you wouldn't know this, but way back. <laughs> if you go back in the annals of the uh, pod, you can hear our reaction on draft night when uh, Kitch and I were there uh, at the cottage. 
had they drafted Barnes ahead of Suggs, and we were we were completely dismayed by the selection. Had no, we had no idea who Scott Barnes was, so that was pretty part of it. Uh, and all you'd heard about Suggs, Suggs had come off the big NCA tournament. We were like, ah. So yeah, but I'm saying that's why I'm saying we're still we're not. I'm not giving up on Suggs just yet. I'm, I'm sure that I think that, that, <laughs> that will it. be a wash. It. It'll be a wash um, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, all right, listen. You mentioned it. It's the elephant in the room. Uh, if there's one guy who was desperately hoping uh, the other team decides to change their focus onto Scott Barnes, it is our guy, Pascal Siakam. And the question that we that we put in the uh, agenda, uh, and Aaron, I'll, I'll start with you. How big is the Pascal Siakam problem seven games into the season? Uh, uh- I'm not sure it's a problem necessarily. I don't entirely know what that word means in this context, but I think uh, it's it's alarming that his usage rate is way down. Uh, he's like, you know, he's not even the second most used player on this team. That That's Dennis Schroeder right now. So uh, his usage rate is way down. His shots per game is way down. His efficiency is way down. And I think we knew some of those things would go down uh, in terms of his, his shot attempts and his usage. Uh, but you would think that his efficiency would go up because he'd be getting better shots. Well, we just haven't seen that right now. Uh, now, I was looking through last season's log, and he had a seven-game stretch last year where he averaged like 15.9 points and shot 41% from the field. So basically what he's doing right now, he had a seven-game stretch where he did that last year. Uh, it happened in mid-March, and nobody remembers it because he was otherwise really, really good last year. The difference is that this is the only sample size we have to talk about. So uh, I'll remind people, as Pascal Siakam reminded me, as we talked about last week, that it is early on in the season and he could snap out of it and and change quickly. Uh, but I think that with the way Scotty Barnes is playing and the role they have Pascal Siakam in, uh, it increasingly feels like this is, as we talked about, Scotty Barnes's team. And if you were going to draw up the perfect running mate, the perfect bat uh, Robin to to Pascal or to Scotty Barnes's Batman, it probably wouldn't look like Pascal Siakam. So I think at some point, uh, we know the Raptors made a decision this year to not extend Pascal Siakam because they wanted to see what it would look like. And uh, as I wrote about today, early returns have suggested it hasn't been a great start to the year. And if that continues, uh, I imagine the Raptors will not uh, have Siakam on the team to start next year. Kitch, 15-4 game, 4.7 assists, 6.1 rebounds. Uh, all of those are down. Assists are only down slightly. Now, minutes played, down about five minutes a game. He's at 35 minutes a game, 35 and a half minutes a game. So it's down about five from last year. So that's going to factor into some of this. However, Aaron, I think one of the things you, you, you talk about is usage rate in that seven-game stretch, which I actually remember quite well from, from last year. But I'll tell you, I guarantee you his usage rate was not down during that seven-game stretch. I bet it was the exact same, if not higher. Um, so I, I, think, I think there's a real issue with how he's being used. So, Kitch... With his numbers being down, give me your give me your assessment on the uh, and I'm going to stick with the word problem and I'll explain that one in a minute. But with the problem and let's go body language, doctor. Where are we at? This is a problem. Yeah this this is a problem. In my eyes. He's so if you were an all star last year, what all star doesn't demand to get the ball? Demand to score twenty points a game? All all the all stars in the league do it. They 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 think well, I'm the guy. I was an all star. I'm going to demand the ball. I want to put the, put the points. So he's accepted this role, which I can't figure out. So is he disinterested? Is he, is he not engaged? Um, I, I've not liked his body language. Like he's only hurting, he's only hurting himself for the future with all his negotiations coming up and he's hurting, and he's hurting the Raptors because he's not as valuable as he was before. So 
this is a problem. If he does, if he's not performed that well this year, and he's going to want a decent contract, is anybody else going to pay him that type of money, or are we going to be forced to pay him that type of money? And, and that puts us in a bad situation if he's a, if he's a fifteen point guy. So, wow. yeah, this this is this is a I, I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel for this one in the in the in the in the near future. Here. Listen, I, I a thousand percent agree. I think it is a problem. I think it might be too early to. Uh, change anything as a result of the problem. Uh, so I want to give us another 15 games. I want to give it a quarter of the season to see where we're at with uh, with his numbers, with his body language, with uh, his usage rate. Like, so I'm not prepared. But by all indications, Aaron, I know you don't like this necessarily, but the way he sort of conducts himself out there, he, he doesn't look super engaged. He, If anything, he almost looks, he looks a little bit passive out there. The number of times like where he would have taken that ball last year and this year where he's giving it up now and i say that i want to preface this with he gives it up for not a better situation in my opinion right so it's not like he's sitting there going hey i've got my opportunity but you actually have a better opportunity he is passing the sense where he's just actually hot potatoing the ball a little bit and i don't like it just doesn't seem like him i mean he was the guy at the beginning of the season in the preseason uh the pre or the yeah the preseason uh, press conference he talked about the the ball always finds the best players Okay. I mean, is that him sitting there going, I expect them to get me the ball because I'm the best player. Is it him hunting the ball because he's the best player? Like, I don't know something this right now just doesn't pass the sniff test for me. Like everything's okay. And they're just feeling each other out and they're going to get used to it. That being said, I will give it, I will give it another 13 to 14 games to sort of see where we're at. But I don't know, Aaron, I I think you disagree with us, but something, nothing seems amiss. I'm just, I'm unclear what the what what's the problem? Like the problem is that he's lowering his trade value. What's the like what's the actual problem maybe, with Siakam yeah. struggling through maybe, the first seven games? Hang on a second. Maybe maybe um maybe not everyone caught it. Fifteen point four points per game, four point seven assists, and six point his numbers are way down to your point, usage way down. So the problem is we have an all star level dude that we're paying I don't know, I think it's forty million ish, or it's right in that neighborhood, uh, who talks uh that he's that he's the guy best the ball always finds the best players and he's not playing at that best play like what if he was averaging 22 a game and eight rebounds and six assists like if he was fit like where would this team we might be thinking about this team very very differently so i guess the question is i'll I'll throw back at you the question is what is impeding him from getting back to even near the numbers that he was at last year and contributing significantly this team which which could potentially enhance the product. And maybe we're five and two, if he's at those numbers, right? Like the problem is it just doesn't seem like this is like just a feeling out process. So, so I think I'd say a couple things. Number one is, is that the Raptors are adjusting to this new offense. And I think that it, you know, Pascal was the focal point of this offense for the last, whatever it is, four years. And now he's a guy that's not the focal point of the offense for better or for worse. And I think he's struggling to figure that out. I think the fact that the Raptors don't have shooting and we keep touching on this, it's like, how many guys can you have in the paint? And if you have Yak and, and, and Schroeder running pick and roll, two guys who don't really shoot, well, they're clogging up the paint. You have Scotty Barnes doing his thing, kind of clogging up the paint. And you have Pascal Siakam. Increasingly, he's like, 
shooting catch and shoot threes, but you can't have four guys taking mid range jumpers and, and trying to drive his drives per game are way down this year. And I think part of that is just the players around him. Uh, so number one is I think that the offense isn't built for a lot of these guys to succeed. Certainly Scotty Barnes and, and Pascal Siakam in particular to succeed. And then the other thing is like, if he was taking all these shots and his usage rate was 27%, 30%, I think everyone would be on here killing him and being like, this is Scotty Barnes's team. We got to have Scotty Barnes having a higher usage rate. Let Scotty take the last shot in all these things. And now he's letting Scotty Barnes take the last shot and Scotty has the higher usage rate. And you guys are like, well, why is his usage rate down? You know, we want him to be the guy. Well, the future is Scotty Barnes. And if Pascal is, you know, willing to a certain extent to let Scotty Barnes be that guy right now, Everyone should be like, thanks, Pascal. You've learned to actually not try and be the number one. You're being the number two. Now, I expect those numbers to go up this year. Uh, but the longer the Raptors can have of Scotty Barnes being the number one guy for this team, the better the future is for this organization. Kitch, I felt when Aaron was saying you guys in that uh, slightly inflected voice, uh, I felt like he was talking to you and I. I think we're. I think we are those guys. I think so. I, think, I don't know I if it was. Rap, I don't think it was Raps Nation. Very, I think it was us. Very, I think it was just us. He's very pointed. Very, very pointed with you this guys. Point today. You guys. All right. Listen. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I've been called worse than you guys. That's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, all right. Well, listen. I obviously we're gonna uh, both. Uh, or, or sorry, us guys and you are. We're both gonna wait this out uh, until the next thirteen to fourteen games, and I guess we will see where we're at. I, I listen. I hope you're right. I hope there's a change. I hope this looks better. God, I hope you're right. Yeah. I, God, I hope, I you're hope right. this looks better yeah. because uh, I mean, I'm just. But like, you don't want his usage rate back to twenty seven percent, right? No, no one, no one wants what we had last year, yeah, uh, or even the last couple of years nope. with him. But I'm just telling you, like, it just it something's not right with him. I'm just telling you that, right? Like. And I don't know if it's other teams' defenses have maybe figured him out a little bit. I mean, he clearly cannot go left at any meaningful point in a in a move. Like he's always going to the right. I would say it cost us that Chicago game. Um, he's not finishing at the rim the way he, I think he has been. I mean, shooting percentage is at forty one percent, which is down from uh, last year. So I, I'm just telling you my opinion. My eye test uh, just seems that something doesn't appear the same. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe it's the offense, but to your point about like, Hey, this offense isn't designed for success for a lot of these guys. It's like, well, that's a problem too. Maybe I mean, that's a whole other set of issues um, for sure. And, and the other thing too, is like, the, the, it almost seems like he's accepted a 15 point role. Like, and, and I, and I, I would like a little yeah. push, like I would like a little, little, uh, a little annoyance where, you know, I, I should be getting more in this. I should be getting like yeah. some demand, somebody who's, who's not happy with like, he's, he seems to be happy with where he's at. Or, and, yeah. And, indifferent. And you know, yeah. let's get a little Keyshawn Johnson here. Give me the damn ball. Give me. The but damn if he ball. said that you guys would kill him. No, we're not saying, we're not saying at his, at his normal. Not right? to be scored. Like, not to be scored. All, right, all we're saying is last year, this year, let's find a happy medium. Right now we're at the, yeah. we're at the, all, I would say the far end from last year. Sure. Right. That's all we're sure. saying. Oh, jeez. Okay, you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. That's still us. That's I'm still us. trying to get through the day. I got a daughter sick at home. My dog all over the place. Jesus. Uh, okay. Um, get up at 430. All right. Listen, I think we got it there. Uh, one of the things we should have done and we didn't do uh, is go right to our, our, our listener uh, question segment because it was it was all Scotty Burns, uh, Scotty Burns, Scotty Barnes, Scotty Burns, Scotty Burns, that's a buddy of mine. Uh, the question that we have from our, our listener, uh, and I'm just going to pull it up here make sure I get it right. Don't want to screw this up. From XD Josh underscore on the top. Is that from the talk or is that from uh, Instagram, Aaron? I think that's Instagram. That's the Insta. Uh, here we go. 
Kitch, I'm going to start with you. Okay. I'm afraid to start with Aaron. That's why I don't want to start. Yeah, me too. I'm scared. Yet. Jesus. I may not ask. I may not ask Aaron this question. Um, if Scotty keeps his stats how they are now, do you think he will have a good chance to be an all-star? Which I actually think is an interesting question, considering their, their record may not be where it needs to be at an all-star level. But that's not the question. The question is, if his stats continue as they are, is he an all-star in February? Yes. Yes, for sure. If he if he gets, if he if he can maintain maintain these numbers, they're gonna want they're gonna want somebody from Toronto on the team. I think I think they'll try to they'll try to find somebody on the team who could play and give the Canadian presence for the All Star game. So I would say I would say ninety eight percent yes. Uh, Aaron, will your favorite player make the All Star team? No, I think the uh, the journalism cabal will uh, keep him out of, they might uh, actually. of the All Star game. Won't that go either? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if, if if Scotty Barnes keeps these numbers, he will make the All Star game, uh, no matter what the evil journalists uh, do to try and stop him. Well, talk to your buddies for crying out loud, will you? Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would think uh, XD Josh that that would be a no brainer. However, uh, things do get lost up in Toronto every once in a while. Uh, the East is tough at his position. Of course, they're going positionless this year, so in theory, you could have twelve small to uh, big. Uh, power forwards on there no no guards and no uh center so uh yeah i mean i think it's it's got to be a no-brainer at 22 10 and 6 um that he's on that squad but we'll see so there you go all right thank you josh for reaching out uh and continue aaron right continue to send us questions at on the insta on the talk wherever you want wherever you want um all right quick you can e e email me you can email me <laughs> yeah mr. mr technology <laughs> uh yeah if you email catch it email him how to uh listen how to, how to be able to hear on a podcast how to set up for a podcast that'd be nice too <laughs> um all right listen we had a segment here that between fred uh and our guy our new favorite raptor schroeder um i want to just do a quick analysis of where they're at seven games in uh, it's actually pretty interesting i pulled it up um me too i got it I got the stats right yeah me. it's pretty interesting but I mean, obviously, there's the money factor here. So, uh, with that, Kitch, you want to, if you've got it right in front of you, why don't you pull, why don't you yeah. pull it up? 16, so, Schroeder, 16.9 points per game, averaging. Freddie, 16.7. Uh, Schroeder, 8.85 assists per game. Freddie, 8.16. So, numbers are pretty pretty similar. Pretty similar. Contracts are a little different. Contracts are a little different, well, but the, can the we stats add to are that? pretty different. Um, Dennis is shooting at 41.7% from three. Uh, Freddie's at 37.6. Uh, overall, mm -hmm. Freddie's shooting. Oh, sorry, Freddie's at thirty-six two. Overall, he's shooting at thirty-seven, and overall, Dennis is shooting it at uh, forty-six. So Dennis is forty-one-seven from three, forty-six two from and overall. Dennis can penetrate. Dennis can take the ball to the hoop. He's he's got some size. He's got bigger size than Freddie on defense. Well, so like listener Brock, so yeah. like listener Brock pointed out the other day, he's like, "Isn't it nice to finally have a point guard that can actually blow by somebody uh, and finish <laughs> at the rim?" So, Aaron, my question is. Are we missing Fred in any way, shape, or form at the moment? I have a question for you guys. When was the last time you had an ex-girlfriend? Oh, Jesus. Uh, what am I? If I'm 50. Holy, my gosh, 30 years ago, probably. 26 years ago. <laughs> uh, before that. I'm trying to think who it Dana was. For five, okay, it, it's been a while. Have you been Kelly Bustle? Yeah. No, yeah. might have been Kelly Bustle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kelly Bustle, I think, was my last ex-girlfriend. Kelly Russell. Wow, I can't remember. So, that. so Lisa, it's Lisa been Lisa a few Waiters. years. It's been a few years for me as well, uh, oh. but not 
quite as long as you guys. And, and I say this because I don't go on Instagram to see how my ex-girlfriend is doing, scroll through her photos and, oh, wow, she's with this guy now. And how's she looking? Oh, I wonder how she's doing. We got to stop this. Let Fred be happy with his new team and his new bag. And let's just be happy that Dennis Schroeder is looking pretty good. Do I think that Dennis Schroeder will be as good as Fred this season? No. Do I think that they've been similar this year? Yeah. And Dennis's passing has been really good. I don't think his three-point shooting will stay as good as it's been. But the pick and roll with Yak Pertle, which, by the way, I think we need a nickname for. We should have a nickname for the Yak Schroeder uh, German-speaking pick and roll at some oh. point. Oh. Uh, but this, but this, this, uh, how's Fred doing? Let me check on my ex-girlfriend. Well, uh, that drives me crazy. Can I, uh, can I, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for answering the question because that's you ultimately did answer, which is nice. Um, and two, I call bullshit. I think you're on Instagram all the time checking out your ex girlfriend. No, I think you might. No, yeah. Well, we'll never know. I just want to see how that cancer's doing on his new team. Yeah. Oh. I think the point was, I think the point to that, um, question was there was a lot of fanfare around Freddie last year, resigning, not resigning. We didn't get anything for him. Uh, he signs for a boatload of cash. And I'm just saying, I would have expected us to be like more in Freddie withdrawal at the moment. And I think that ship has sailed. So maybe this is the last time we ever mention Fred Van Vliet on this podcast, but I think it was, uh, I think I'm, I guess I'm just surprised how well Dennis is, is playing and how kind of little, like for the extra 26 mil or whatever it is. I mean, I think it's more than that. Uh, it seems like we we've won out on that one. So this is another way where we're pumping up Masai. Yeah. Well done, well done Masai. Well way, done, way, to, way to completely misread the situation and get lucky. Well done. <laughs> well done, Masai. That's all, Aaron. That's all I was saying. That's all I was saying. What's Kelly up to these days? You know what? I don't know. Uh, if it wasn't for this, <laughs> it's 30 years. It's 30 years. It it's, not, it's not six months. You know it's 30 I years. Could, I'm pretty sure Kelly's not hunting me down. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> listen, I don't. if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't have any social access. I'm not on Facebook. I have no personal accounts on Instagram, TikTok, and that sort of stuff. But don't get me wrong. I love TikTok. Um, so, all right. Well, listen, I think we've, I think we've uh, covered that. Kitch, you and I are... Uh, Seems to be we're in the very similar camp, all pod, and the other guy uh, is is not with us. That's fine. He's out there. Uh, all right, Aaron. Now, now, put him now, on payroll. Now I'm lost. I don't even know where we are in the. Uh, what's next? What are we at? Wemby. Oh wait, Wemby. am I? Sorry, can I talk about a player from another team? Is that? Yeah, I think we can do that, right? That seems reasonable. Yeah, we can because he's he's pretty good. I think he's going to be pretty. So good. listen, the uh, I I sent it out saying this just in: Wemby is going to be a good NBA basketball player. So after seeing him, uh, I would obviously not lie, but seeing him for a full game, which is probably the first time any of us have done that. Uh, just give me your, uh, your initial feedback thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you. Aaron. I did a video on this uh, the other day. And my question was, how did the Raptors see this guy uh, coming up into the NBA and not do whatever they could to have the number one pick in the draft. Like when the trade deadline rolled around, they had a four and a half percent chance to at the number one yeah. pick. And they saw it and they were like, should we tank? Should we go for it? What should we do? Let's go for it. this guy. We don't need him. I would have, as I said in the video, I would have tanked so hard. You would have seen the Raptors 905 playing regular season games at Scotiabank Arena for the second half of last year. So I don't understand why the Raptors didn't do that because this guy looks special. And looks he like he he's seven foot four. There was one point in the game, and, and OG had a great game, generally speaking. Yeah. But OG tried to back him down in the paint, turn around, and like shoot a layup over him, and and 
Victor was just like, thank you very much. I'm going to take that ball. So the fact that the Raptors could have had like a 10% chance at this guy, which is pretty high considering the highest you could get is 14. uh, I think they probably should have taken that opportunity. So to that OG point, I just am going to assume, because when I saw it uh, on the game, I'm just going to assume OG must've walked in late to the, uh, to the pre-team, the pre-meeting, like he must have just been like, "Oh, what, what was that about Webb? Oh, I'll, I'll catch up on it later." I didn't, I, he obviously didn't get. Did, did you hear his scouting report after the game on, on Webb and Yama? No, what did he say? He's tall. <laughs> He's right. Well, and how about his block on OG in that court? Like he came. Like, it is. That's what they keep saying, right? He's one step away from the paint to the three-point line in the corner, and he can block your shot. Like, yeah, Kitch, you're. Uh, your impression, your Vegas impression of him. Did you bet, so, did you bet on him? Because so he, he was free on the owners, by the way. Oh, he doesn't drink. He doesn't party. Doesn't eat fast foods. He spends hours on dribbling at seven foot five before games. You watch his pregame warm up. He, he, he spends half his warm up dribbling the ball at seven five. This kid lives, eats, breathes basketball, and he has since he was yeah. twelve years old. And just focused on. So when he starts to fill in size wise, when he gets some muscle mass on that skinny frame, I, I. He's gonna be he's gonna be unstoppable. I uh, I watched so I, I watched heavily. I, I bet the first night we bet the Phoenix Suns over San Antonio, and the, I don't know if you saw the end of that game. It was a great finish for San Antonio. Scored the end to to, to take take I the game, it, yeah. and then we unloaded the Brinks truck for the next game, saying there's no way Phoenix loses twice to San Antonio, and San Antonio dumps them in the second game. And then we so we we're watching we go to the Raptors game. We go to Caesars. We, we're watching the first half of the Raptors game. We were so disgusted. We left. We left. We walked the strip a bit. Then Denel pulls his phone up. He says, listen, there's three minutes to go in the game, and it's now a four-point game. So we had to scurry back to some sports. Sorry, catch you. We'd Who's Denel? We'd given up on that. Who's Denel? Yeah, Mike, Mike Denel, the guy you spoke oh. this pod. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So we scurried back to watching it. So the kid is for real. The kid is for real, and you're right. We should have done all we could to get him. He's a European, too. He probably would stay in Toronto. We got him in Toronto as opposed to – a one a one one year type of guys. So yeah. You know what? Um, I just realized. You know what I like about always going third? I get to ask the questions, then speak last. It gives me a good time. It gives me time to digest some things that are said, which is nice. Um, so on that note, I'm going to say he he's. I, I think look special would be one way to describe. I think he is like off the charts special. He's off the charts everything. I think already he dominates, and I think once they play him full minutes, once he figures out the intricacies of the game, he like he. Yeah, it's beyond unstoppable what he's going to be. It's, it's, yeah. So, but Aaron, to your point now, it's interesting how we can go back to last trade deadline and reevaluate um, what we could or should have done um, there, but we can't talk about Fred. Um, anyways, that's fine. I'm, I'm over it. It's fine. We're going to move on. Uh, but I agree with you. I hadn't even thought about that. I totally forgot about that. You're right. Like at the, de- at the deadline, we were kind of like, there was lots of chatter, but if we tank, we're still in like, we were in the lottery with some sort of chance. Like I, completely forgotten about that kind of like kelly until the, until the early, early this uh, pod um yeah like you're right that is when there's a once in a generation once in a lifetime i think if unless you think you've got a chance unless you think you've got a deep playoff run in you where anything could happen like i mean the heat right they're sitting there going they're not going to tank because of that team they're sitting there going we can win i understand that i don't think at any point last year we thought that we have all this uncertainty around our free agencies yeah you're right why the fuck did we not <laughs> seriously why did we not just blow it up but you forget you're forgetting the fact we picked up purtle he was gonna be key out. We, we did we decided to do that <laughs> yeah we, all right i gotta work on that uh pick and roll you know I'm, you know i'll leave that one to brock listener brock will be all over coming up with a nickname for for the pick and roll the, the german pick and roll it's gotta be there's something there the strudel the strudel the strudel the, I like that i like that pick and schnitzel 
I don't send <laughs> We'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Yeah. Maybe not here. Um, all right. Well, listen, I, yeah. Uh, what more can you say about what it's, it's going to be, he's going to be awesome uh, to have him lead. The only thing, the only thing about him uh, when I see him run, he's a bit like a brand new deer or gazelle out there. The way he like, calf. He looks, baby calf. He looks yeah. brittle. He looks a little bit brittle out there. Like he's just a, He's a bad turn away from, from something happening. So hopefully that like hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, all right, there we go. All right, listen, homework time. Uh, Aaron informed me, um, and I'm going to let you do this, Aaron, because it was your homework. However, I want you to know that I actually spent quite a bit of time yesterday going through all the centers in the NBA. So last week you talked about where does Yak fit in the centers, and I think I said, oh, fuck, I'm not sure he's top 10. He may not be top 20. I'm going to take that back. He's definitely top 20. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one step Ooh. further. He's definitely top 15. No, Kitchen, you go through it. No, well, I did go through it. I got it all for Oh me. my god! There's not 15 centers better than him. There, there just aren't. It's so the only gray area here is some guys kind of are. They put them down as power forwards. They're kind of centers. Well, I know, so but it is a little, it is, there's a little gray. There's area. a little bit gray, but like so, guys like, I mean, I didn't count Porzingis as a center because that's kind oh of bullshit. I, mean, I, I did. No, he's, he's, he's a center. So listed as a center. Well, I know he's listed as a center, but that's ridiculous. Uh, you can't count Durant. Is Durant a center? No, you can't put Durant, Durant as a center. Never right, played center's life. All right, Aaron. With that, why don't you uh, why don't you give us your why don't you give us your list and then tell us where Yak fits. So I I kind of paid a little bit of attention to the rankings on the order for for the guys. Don't hold me to it because I didn't think that long. I was sort of just thinking about where Yak is. But number one is Jokic. Number two is Embiid. Number three is Anthony Davis, who used to be a power forward, but I think he's now a center. Okay, it's asterisk. No, number it's four is Sabonis. Number five is Bam Adebayo. Number six is Carl Anthony Towns. Number seven is Brooke Lopez. Number eight is Rudy Gobert. Maybe Rudy should be higher than Brooke Lopez. Number nine is uh, Jared Allen. Number 10 is Miles Turner. Number 11, I have Kristaps Porzingis. He's a center for that team. Number 12, I have Claxton, Nick Claxton of uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And number 13, I have Yaka Pirtle for now. Now, I don't have Victor oh. Weminyama on that list. Jeez. I know he's seven foot four, but he's not a center for that team. The one name that I actually might put ahead of Yak is Chet Holmgren because he is a center and he's putting up some crazy numbers. Now, can you put a guy who's played seven NBA games or whatever it is, six NBA games ahead of Yaka Pirtle? I don't know, but I, I think Yak is probably in the top 15, probably something near 13. Uh, he is ahead of... Uh, Vucevic for me right for now. Sure. Um, but that is probably where I think Yak is sort of the 13th best center in the NBA. All right. Wow. Well, hang on a second. Wow, I got a Unless few, I, I miss someone I obvious. A, I got a few more. Well, hang on a second. What, what, about our, what, what about our heart? What about our jersey? What about JV? What do you want I, I, I had JV in there. Pro. I did have JV in there. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, Ahead of Yak? So no, yes. the way I did it is I got like, I was getting uh, disgruntled doing this last night because it was like, holy shit, I pull up all their stats. Like, it's amazing. The JV, the Yak, the Mark Williams, the Jared Allens, the Miles Turner, like they all have such similar stats. Like it's all sort of within, like there's not a, a, a wide difference. So I really started to break it down by like, well, who can shoot, who can't shoot. So like I had Miles ahead of Yak because he can shoot it, right? He's a, he's a, he's a, a three-point shooter. Every one of those guys so, had, a, had a Yak. But I, I'm not sure we can have Towns and Gobert. I don't think they play two centers in Minnesota, do they? They only play one. They kind of yeah, do. I think Towns. They, I would, they, also, I they, also got, they also got Nas Reed. He's also well, center. They, they got, they're loaded, they're loaded I threw, I threw Nas or I threw uh, Towns out and left Gobert in there. So I had Gobert ahead for sure. But I did like so I did include Webb as a center, even though I mean he's seven foot four. I, I, but I, I'm happy to throw that one out. Totally had Holmgren in there. But that's obviously if we were doing a futures 
yes, Holmgren's 100% in there, but it's seven games in, it might be a little tough, but he does look like he has. I watched some of his highlights last night, too. He's good. Brittle shit as well. Like he, they might be in the same hospital room, him and Webb. But uh, knock on wood, they 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 are. Yeah, he he is good. So yeah, like like I said, he's definitely top fifteen. But I think Yak somewhere in that. Yeah, probably eleven to fifteen range. Kitch, Ooh, I'm more eighteen, nineteen. Oh, you're, you don't know what you're I, talking about. You don't know. The I'd case. rather have Zubak. I'd rather have Zubak for the Clippers. Oh, I'd, I'd like you wouldn't want him on. above above Yak. Or what about Bagley from Detroit? Well, first of all, he's Bagley's got, not a center. Never has. Well, he's never listed, has as, he's listed as never, he's listed as a center. Has been. We're good. It says, it says Marvin Bagley the third C Detroit C well, the center. What the C stands for? Could be anything. It's not the captain. He's not the captain. Well, it's not the captain. maybe it rhymes with punt. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what about Draymond? Is Draymond a center? No, he plays a center position. Kind of plays a position. Okay. You know what? Okay. Honestly, like, like who, who plays center? Out? Do I have to like? Do I have to like? Break it down, piecemeal it. Like, here's exactly what you have to do. Here are the players. I should have given you the players that were I thought were eligible. Because you're, you're well, you should off. have then. Well, you're sure. way off. Because trade. I'm not way off. I'm reading stuff that's that's stats. There's stats that say top it's, centers in the league. We were having such it. a lovely pod together. We were on the same page, and now you did this. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I got him 18 or 19. I got him probably 19 is where I where I put put him at. Wow. Aaron, come on, nineteen. That's that's off the reservation. But 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 I think the takeaway here was that we talked about this last week. That I think the Raptors traded for him, saying he's a top ten center in the league. They did, and that just isn't really the case. He's sort of a league average starting center, right? If there's thirty teams, he's sort of the fifteenth best center in the league. He's league average, and if and if you were choosing between getting a league average center for a first round pick that might come back to haunt the Raptors this year, that maybe it's not worth that when you could maybe have a ten percent chance of the greatest player of all time, or at least the greatest prospect of all time. So, um, and Yak's sort of closer to fifteen than he is to ten, probably. And maybe you keep Fred. Oh wait, no, never mind. No, we don't, we're not talking about that. Fred's gone. Fred's gone. Um, so, all right. I agree with you. Yeah, you know what? You're right. To that point, now we're back to shitting on Messiah again. Like, it's just, but see, that's what I mean. Like, you cannot, if you look at that move, and then the same thing with Thad Young when we trade for him and gave up a draft pick. Like, those moves just don't make any sense. And we we lost. You, you mean the draft pick that would have maybe got the Raptors Walker Kessler, who might also be on the list ahead of totally, Jacob Pertle? 100%. Right? Like, it's like in a vacuum or in any level. Those trades, we lose them and we lose them badly. We lose them badly. So, yeah. All right. Anyways, we can, we can, I'm sure there'll be lots more Messiah talks throughout the course of the year. So, all right. I think with that, we have, uh, we've exhausted basketball talk, uh, unless you've got something for what drives you crazy with basketball, which you can. We can do anything you want in what drives you crazy. Um, but Aaron, before we get there, can I just say, I appreciated you sharing, um, your dad's thoughts last week on what drives you crazy. I thought that was, I think that was a meaningful, a meaningful step in the right direction that you acknowledged uh, that not it, everyone can like what's driving you crazy, regardless of topic. Your dad loved it. I tell by that. I could tell by the way he typed that to you. He loved that segment. And I love the fact that his dad plays Euchre three nights a week and Aaron has never heard of the game Euchre. Can't spell it. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. But I did. Yeah. You know what? I want to play Euchre with your dad. Let's set that up next time I'm in town. Let's yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll do we that. Will. Yeah. We should get your dad again. You know what? We should get Aaron's dad in our seats. One game catch would we'll definitely yeah, do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Uh, all right, so here we go. What drives? Uh, I'm gonna. Who wants to start? Anybody? I'll start. Okay. Yeah. We already touched on it. Oh, geez. stop with the Fred Van Vliet, yeah, Dennis Schroeder comparisons. <laughs> Live your life. Look to the future. Be happy about the future. You, stop stalking your ex girlfriend. You, Enough already. You Move just, on. 
you just went back in time telling us about how we should have tanked for, for, for Webb, but we can't go back in time and talk about Fred. It, it, you're, it's exactly both sides. Oh, Jesus, you know what? Message Kelly later. This is, this is like there's no talking to them. Like, this is like having another child. There's no talking to them. They don't listen. They don't listen. Nor do they understand. Uh, all right, Kitch, listen. We're limiting you. The feedback from last week was universal. Uh, Aaron's dad uh, included in this. It's one. It's only one. You can only give one per per segment. Damn. Yep. I'll give one. All right. Okay. So one, the one I have haven't been in Vegas. We were in Vegas for the Breeders' Cup. So it happened to be oh. tons of tons of horse racing guys going on. It was it was actually it was actually quite entertaining because there was tons of in the sports book there was tons of horse guys. So we got in. We read the programs. We we did it. So betters, what you have to realize is horses come out about five minutes before the race and they do a post parade. So people like to wait and see these horses and see what they look like. And then they want to make their wager, but everybody has to make their wager in five minutes. So when you go to the betting window, know what the hell you're betting when you get to the front of the window. Don't flip through the program standing in front of the betting. When you got 20 people behind you who also want to bet on that same race you're betting on, know your shit before you get to the window, figure out what you're going to tell the guy and get your ticket and get out of there. Don't stand to the window. Drives me, drove me crazy seeing these guys at the windows. Love Kitch is very relatable. Uh, horse betting, what drives you crazy? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really, it's really a betting window. Uh, what drives you crazy? It's not. It, I mean, people do it on any sport. The number of times you go up to the betting window and people are like, "Oh," but and then they take forever, and it's three minutes for the game, and that you're five deep, and you're like, "I'm not going to get my bet." Yeah, that, that is the, the guy behind the window should be like, "Listen, you got to go." We're gonna. We're, you move. Sorry. Yeah. Next. That that game starts in half an hour. We got some guys <laughs> yeah, coming no. up. Here. Actually, that's yeah. you know why have they done that? Like why don't they have windows that say, "Hey, the, the game is come to this window. It's forty five minutes. Left. Five minutes. Five this minutes left in the game. Too, yeah. to come to this window. The express line. I do like that. Actually. Yeah, to an you know express what? line. Yeah, totally should do that. See, sure. we're solving yeah. shit out here. It's not just about grabs. Um, listen, mine uh, is very simple. What drives me crazy is when uh, bad things happen to good people. Uh, and in this instance, I'm the good person. So last night, uh, I- I'm doing a, a good deed. Uh, the Marcots had very graciously had me up to their, their place in Gibson's after uh, my Guns N' Roses trip. And it'd been a couple of weeks and I hadn't like done anything properly to thank them. Uh, so I got Sarah a nice big bouquet of flowers, by the way, Bermuda flowers are ridiculous. Um, and then I thought Rob loves Scott. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to break the bank and, and really buy like an 18 year old. McCallum's bottle of scotch, uh, which I don't want to tell you how much it was because it's ridiculous. Uh, but let's just say you could probably sit in one of our seats for one of the games if you had to. So Annie, who's homesick, says to me, uh, what are the flowers for? I go, oh, it's for Sarah. And I've got this nice bottle of scotch for Rob. I have to go and take it to them right now, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I go to grab the bottle of scotch, which is in a, it's in a box. That's where they come. Oh. Yeah, that's the fucking <laughs> bottle. That's how nice it is. The bottle comes in a box, which I thought was secure. I literally pick it up in my right hand, go to put it into my left hand. Bottle comes flying out of the box, slams into the wall in the kitchen. And then, and I mean, I had a primal scream like I ran over the dog with my car, right? And, like, ah! and I just, and you just, you can just hear it. Glug, 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 glug. And I'm like 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. It was, I could not believe it. I was like the best intentions. But you know, how about let's box that thing up tight. It's that kind of money. Put a piece of tape on it. Go God's sakes. Go back to the store. Client complaint. Go back. Yeah. I took a picture. I took a picture. But I'll tell you what. Here's the thing is I hate scotch. It was the best smelling scotch I've ever smelled. Like I was like the point where like 
I would drink this. Of course, I'll never get the chance to now, but I was like, I would drink this. Um, so I went over to the like the smell. And, and an empty box. So there you go. That's what my drives. <laughs> you better like the smell. It's going to be your new, new paint for yeah, the next it, little while. It still smells like scotch in there. And I've, I've scrubbed it three times. It still smells like scotch. So anyways, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, all right, listen, we got to go. Uh, AOB, so quickly, uh, Aaron, do you have anything you want to share with the? Where can we find you if you want to re- remind everybody uh, what's going on? Aaron Ben Rose, TikTok and Instagram, Borderline Raptors, TikTok and Instagram. But I do have an AOB. Okay. Came out today, ESPN, top 25 players, under 25. Came out today. So this wasn't a story that came out weeks ago or whatever. Scotty Barnes, ah. 15th. 15th best player under 25. And this is future rankings. This isn't like, you know, who's the best player today? This is who do you want in the future? And listen, I'm not saying he's number one or number two or number three, but is he better than Paolo Bancaro? Is he better than Chet Holmgren? Is he better than Evan Mobley? That's always an interesting conversation. Tyrese Maxey, Jaron Jackson Jr., LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland at number eight seems a little high. Zion Williamson, I don't know what the future for Zion is. Cade Cunningham, who, who's looking much improved this year and healthy. John Morant, another guy who's supremely talented, but some questions with him, to put it mildly. Tyrese uh, Halliburton, Victor Wambanyama, number three. That seems a little low. Uh, Anthony Edwards and number one, Luka Doncic. I'm not saying he should, again, not saying he should be top five, but 15 seems a little low. Did you hear Did you hear how he said Luka, Kitch? Did you hear that one? Jokic? Jokic. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I, you gave you gave the context, which I think is important. There, fifteen. Se- you know what? Fifteen seemed a little low or too high, I guess, on that list. Um, but when you start to go through all those players ahead of him, there's probably only three or four that I would really argue that he should be ahead of. So, yeah, should he be more in the ten, eleven range? Probably, because you know you can't argue with Edwards. Like the Luca thing is, he's off the list next year. Obviously, Webb, you can't argue with Halliburton. You can't argue with Morant. Cunningham, actually, I probably would argue with that one a little because Cunningham's at six. Um, so I thought that Zion, yeah, that's kind of a bit of a joke. Garland, way too high. But then I, I would take Scotty over LaMelo Ball. No questions asked for now or for the future. So LaMelo's way too high at nine, in my opinion. So, but yeah, like, other than that, were, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. probably make an argument there too. Like that, that one caught me off guard that he was 10. But yeah, I mean, 15's too high on the list, but he's probably 10 or 11 in that number. Yeah, I agree. That's right. I put him 10 or 11 from that list. Yeah, I was, yeah it was interesting. Um, American journalists slandering the Toronto Raptors. Well, once again. We don't get the respect from the journalists. Speaking of Maxi, sure. uh, which is another question we had from one of our list, uh, listeners who all showed out at some stage. Um, Maxi is currently in the lead for most improved. Uh, he's at plus 250. The Scotty's at number two at plus 650. I think Scotty at plus 650 is incredible value right now. Like I, you look. I, I went through the the stats on him and Maxi, and I've watched a couple of the Philly games. Obviously, Maxi, who I really like, uh, but their numbers are very, very, very similar. If anything, you'd make the argument Scotty's numbers are actually a little bit better. Uh, so I think Scotty at plus six fifty, that might be an early Christmas gift. Yeah, uh, Kitch. Yeah, I don't hate it. Any AOB? My only AOB is the uh, is my Caesar's host. Can I bring that one up? Well, not if it's what drives you crazy. Well, not really drive me crazy. So we, 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 we go to the, oh, go ahead, we no. go to the, we go to the casino and, uh, and I, and I call my host and say, listen, we got a suite set up. Yeah, it's great. So we check in the hotel and I don't have any suite set up we, for the guys. We talked about this last together. week, didn't we? We talked about it after, but you said I should have brought it up and I didn't. So I'm bringing it up this time. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't the pod. <laughs> no, it was after the pod. <laughs> oh, post pod. Post pod. It was on YouTube. <laughs> it was on YouTube. So uh, I, 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 well, my host has booked me a suite 
And they said, well, it's not here. What's your host name? I say, it's Laura Norris. They said, well, Laura, she quit on Friday. <laughs> so Laura had said, yeah, no problem. We'll get you a suite. Just show up. When I checked in, there was no suite. And uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, you're leaving your job, but maybe follow you up. Bastard, maybe follow you've up. now bastardized AOB. This is not AOB. That's, that's a second. <laughs> you, you've got a secondary, uh, what drives you crazy in there. That's yeah, it's not good yeah, in there. That's not good in that's there. Offside. That's outside. Uh, AOB for me, not much other than I was shocked today when I went to go to my betting account to see what I could per- perhaps wager on tonight when I'm doing nothing. Uh, no NBA games tonight. Uh, it's November 7th. Mm. It's the second Tuesday. That feels like a what drives too. Uh, well, I did a little bit, but I was surprised because I know they did that last year because it was a election day in the U.S., right? And then obviously next year. So I thought it was an every other year thing, but apparently they're doing the second Tuesday every November because I guess there's elections going on somewhere in the U.S. today. Um, so there's, yeah, the, the NBA, show, which I appreciate, but the scarier thing about that was like, oh my God, we're a year away from potentially not good things. Oh, thanks. The election. Oh, my God. We're getting a little polit- polit- political talk. Well, you, yeah, I mean, listen, you pull up the polls from yesterday, too. Goodness, great. Like, Trump's leading all the swing states right now. It's like we're a year away from God knows what's possible in the world of democracy. So, anyways, that's my OB. I said, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, all right. Listen, I think uh, I think we can get back to our lives. Aaron, Aaron's in Winnipeg. Kitch, where are you, by the way, right now? Florida. Oh, you! Oh, you went to Florida. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Feels like I'm losing this. Where are you now? Uh, Florida, oh! Bermuda, and Winnipeg. Yeah. New segment. Yeah, Winterbeg. Yeah, that's a new segment. Winter drives, and where are you now? Where are you now? Oh, <laughs> oh but you know what? We know where Fred is. He's still in Houston. If anyone's interested. yeah, go go stock his Instagram. <laughs> All right, Kitch. Quiet, dig away. <laughs> Kawhi up top, looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win!